Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Pastor, I know we talk about this a lot, but one other thing that they can do is, you know, they can send a link to their friends to help Mm -hmm. remind them to listen to the podcast, you know, get involved in it. Use social media too, you know, social media media is another way I do it. I just uh, click the link and then it'll make a copy and put it on that uh, Facebook page or Twitter page or uh, whatever uh, your social media Help us get the word out. We appreciate uh, that. But yeah, man, get the word out. That's so important. Um, and, and what we're trying to do is we want people to develop a relationship with Christ and right. his word. You know, that's right. the whole bottom line. We and want people so, to connect faith to life on a daily basis. Exactly. And so this is a way that we really are working with our, in our church, we're talking about the oikos and the household. This is mm-hmm. a way to influence them. That's exactly right. Anyway, a good way to do it. Um, well, one of the ways that uh, Jesus identifies us as his followers is as a disciple. Mm. Um but for us to be a disciple, I think we need to know why being a disciple matters to, to the Lord, you know, right, if it right, matters. Right. So, you know, I always say, well, why can't we just go to church, you know, once a week or so, because now it's become more so, and and then uh, just say we're Christians, you know, isn't that enough? Yeah, why do we have to be yeah, disciples? Yeah, so we talk about this a lot in our church, about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And we and for, for those of you who are listening who are part of our faith family, this is going to be kind of a review for you today because it's something we do talk about a lot. But before we get to that review or before we talk about this particular issue, Trey, i got to ask you a question. Please do. Now, it's going to be a tough one. All right, I'm, I'm prepared. You're going to have to think really hard. Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? You're making me less sure, but go <laughs> ahead. All right, here's the question. Where am I? You're right in front of me. Ah, that would be an obvious answer, but I'm not. Okay. <laughs> because we pre-record these episodes, or we try to when we can, and this episode that you're listening to right now, if you're listening right now, released on a Tuesday, this is being released on the Tuesday that I'm actually out of the country. Oh. So I am not here. You tricked me. I did trick you, didn't yeah. I? Okay, I'll so take it. So where I am today, if you're listening to this podcast on the day it is released, is I am in Israel. Mm-hmm. Trey, do you know how I got to Israel? Uh, I think you flew on an airplane. If things went according to plan, I flew on an airplane to Israel. And you know what I did to get on that airplane? I bought a ticket for one. Yes. Packed my bags. What else did I do? You had to get went to the airport. Went through a security check. Oh, yeah, all that, but I went check. through a security check. And, and, and this time around, as I went through that security check that I went through to get on the plane to go to Israel where I am right now, it's a little nerve-wracking. Do you know why? Mm, tell me. Because the TSA released a study uh, earlier in January that said this. In 2019, TSA officers found in checkpoints in the United States as people were getting on airplanes – 4,432 guns. Uh, guns. Trying to get on an airplane. What? Guns. That's unbelievable. Y- you would think people would know not to take a gun on the airplane. Oh. Like, that. that is rule number one. Don't put your gun on the airplane. They wouldn't even let me bring my fingernail file. Right? <laughs> Everybody who gets on an airplane knows you don't take your gun to the airport. Right? Yeah. But, but listen, not only that, 4,432 guns, and most of them 
were loaded. Oh, my heavens. People taking loaded guns to the airport in their carry-on bag thinking they're going to get through security. <laughs> That's just unbelievable to me. It is unbelievable. unbelievable. In fact, 2019, 2019, I mean, it was in 2019, this was the, the, the most guns they had ever seen over the course of a given year was in 2019 coming through security. Wow. That amazing? It is. It is. You would think they would know more, not much, less. How much more basic can it get? You don't take a gun. I mean, you can have a gun all you want. Fine. Just when you go to the airport, keep it at home. Well, the good news is they are catching them. At least we hope. They at least caught 4,000 of them. I mean, <laughs> I hope they didn't let another 4,000 slip through. Well, you do hope. Man, you do hope that. isn't that crazy? So, so I, I, I tell you that, Trey, to tell you this. In all honesty, you, you can't think of anything more basic that you should know when you go to the airport mm-hmm. and get on a plane. You don't put a gun in your carry-on bag. And mm-hmm. certainly not a loaded gun. You're going to get a, a, a trip um, to the dungeon of the airport and get a little talking to if you do that, right? Oh, at least. At least a talking to. Yeah, at least. So you just don't do that. It's basic. Exactly. And you would think for those of us who place our faith in Jesus Christ, there would be nothing more basic than being a disciple mm-hmm. of Jesus. That's exactly right? right. Yeah. But it's not basic. No. It's because not you and at all. I know people who have been Christians for years but still really aren't growing as disciples of Jesus. Have a tough time becoming that person that God wants them to be, right? It goes it's not back, as basic as we think. It goes back to, you know, well, I'm kind of doing God a favor. I'm showing up on Sunday mornings. Right, right. So we want to help people. Our heart at Northwood is to help people to become fully surrendered disciples of Jesus. We want people to grow in Christ because we believe, right, there's really nothing more mm. important in life than growing as a Christ follower and being that disciple that Jesus wants you to be. And so that's what we want to talk about today, how we grow or well, how do, why discipleship, why being a disciple really matters. And I mean, just building on that, it is a wonderful thing to be a disciple as right. well. Exactly. It's, it's not, you know, I think we th- sometimes think it's a burden, but it actually causes the opposite, mm. you know, mm. causes us to release things that right. we hold on to and other joy, things. Right? And so, so let me talk, I'm sorry to interrupt sure. you, Trey, but You're just, not at as all. we get into what we're talking about, let's just go over the very basics. Sure. Let's talk about the characteristics of a disciple. So when we talk about a disciple, what a disciple is, just the, the, the broad meaning of the word is a disciple is a learner mm-hmm. or a student. And so for those of us who place our faith in Jesus, that's what we are. We're, we're learners. We're mm-hmm. students of our master, our rabbi, Jesus. He is teaching us about the kingdom and what it means to walk in relationship with the God of all creation who loves us and, and gave us his son, Jesus, right? And so, so someone who is, is growing as a disciple, growing as a student or learner of Jesus, a disciple surrenders, right? Because yes. they realize they are serving a king, that, that Jesus died and rose again and now is seated at the right hand of the Father, reigning and ruling over his creation. He is the risen king. And so a disciple surrenders to Jesus because he is our king, right? Mm-hmm. A disciple surrenders, a disciple abides, right? You remember John 15 where, where Jesus says, abide in me. And that word abide in, in, the, in the original language, it, it simply means to, to make your home in. Yes. So you make your home in Jesus. He, is, he dwells in you. You dwell in him, right? Abide in me and I abide in you. Mm-hmm. And so a disciple surrenders his, his will, his thoughts, his ways of life to Jesus. A disciple abides in Jesus, makes his home, her mm-hmm. home in Jesus, growing in intimacy with him. A disciple obeys Jesus. Right. Because a disciple realizes that Jesus is the master. And since a disciple realizes that Jesus is the master, when you know you have a master, you do what your master says. You have no choice. Right, because he's your master after exactly. all. And, and finally, yeah. a disciple produces. Oh, boy. Yeah. Right? And Jesus talks about this in John chapter 15. Abide in me, and you will bear much fruit. 
I mean, this is how we know if we are disciples because there's fruit that, that, that uh, begins to grow in our lives that gives evidence of our relationship with Jesus Christ. So a disciple surrenders, a disciple abides, a disciple obeys, and a disciple produces. So that's basic. That's, in basic words, this is what a disciple is. That's basic. It's about as basic as you can get. So if that is the case, then we want to talk about four reasons why discipleship matters. Four reasons why discipleship matters. Four reasons why it matters that you and I grow as disciples of Jesus. Number one, it's commanded. Simple enough, right? Yes. Let's call it a day, go home. All right. See ya. <laughs> but really, it's committed. And, and the, the scripture we quote, we quote I mean, you, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you've been a part of a church for any length of time, you've probably heard this passage numerous times, but let me read it to you again. Psalm 28, 8, Psalm, this is not Psalm. I'm thinking about the last podcast we just recorded. I'm so, and that, we didn't even do Psalm in that one. We did Proverbs in that one. Yes, we did. I don't did. know why Psalm came out. That's all right. It's okay. Let's start, let's start again. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says this, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make what, Trey? Disciples. Now, let's stop right there. Make disciples. Mm. He doesn't say make converts, does he? No, he doesn't. But that's what we think it does. That's what we think. So when we think of discipleship, we think of simply leading people to faith in Jesus Christ. Now, you can't make disciples if you don't lead people to faith in Jesus Christ, but you don't stop there, do you? Mm -hmm. That's where it starts, right? I mean, in a lot of ways, um, leading someone to Christ without discipling them, without helping them to grow in Christ, is like birthing a baby and leaving it in the hospital, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, that's exactly right. All right? So, so Jesus doesn't say make converts. He says make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, right? So we know that Jesus is our teacher. Mm-hmm. He's teaching us uh, to walk with him. And as Jesus teaches us, right, we're, we're, we're teaching others what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And, and that's a lifelong process, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So teaching them to observe all that I command you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So that's the command. The command is to make disciples, not simply to make converts. We need to lead people to faith in Jesus Christ, obviously, but it doesn't stop there. It starts there. It's commanded that we help people grow in relationship with Jesus Christ uh, to be fully surrendered followers of him. So if we're going to fulfill the Great Commission, does that mean we need to be making disciples if we're going to fulfill it? Absolutely. Right. So when people think that we are filling the fulfilling the Great Commission by we have these thousands of converts, you know, well that's a start. But it the is work's a start. Not done, right? Make disciples, and that, I guess that's why I said fulfilling. Yeah, yeah. You know, making disciples is is leading people to Jesus, and mm-hmm. in a church like ours, right, our mission is to lead people to Jesus and help them to grow into Christ likeness. We mm-hmm. don't stop with just helping somebody come to faith. We help them to grow in their faith as well. This is why Jesus left us on this earth was for this mission. It's commanded. It's not an option. So who does this work? I mean, is it every believer? Mm, good question. Pastors? Just the pastors, it... right? That's why we pay the preacher. I mean, really? Is, I no, mean, is, it, you, you think about uh, Ephesians chapter 4 where Paul writes and says, you know, that God has given the church mm-hmm. pastors and leaders to do what? to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. It's the job of all of us to make disciples. So our job as pastors is to equip people to, to make disciples. Right. We're wow. all in the same work okay. together. That works. Yep. So it's commanded, but not only that, it's easy to get stuck. What do you mean by that? Yeah, yeah. So discipleship matters because it's easy to get stuck. Mm-hmm. It's easy to get stuck in your relationship with the Lord, isn't it? Oh, yeah. 
It's easy. It's easy to plateau. It's easy to drift away. All those things are easy. And so what we talk about a lot here at Northwood, uh, we talk about, especially in our Connect Northwood Mm -hmm. class and our discipleship groups, we keep coming back to this. We talk about the stages of spiritual growth. And so if you've been around Northwood for a while, you've probably heard these different stages of spiritual growth. When someone uh, places their faith in Jesus Christ for the very first time, uh, they immediately become a baby, mm-hmm. a spiritual baby, spiritual an infant baby. in Christ. Trey, you, you've got kids. Do you remember what it was like when you had babies? I do very well. Yeah. So what do babies need? Uh, everything. Babies need everything, don't they? <laughs> they, do. uh, they They need you to, to give them the bottle. They need you to change <laughs> them. They need you to burp them. I mean, babies. They need you to roll them over. Roll them I mean, over. everything. Absolutely. Babies are completely dependent on others to help them to grow. Mm-hmm. And when you became a Christian, you were a spiritual baby. That's right. Whether you realized it or not, you were dependent on the church to help you to grow in Christ Jesus, right? And so that's why it's so important that when somebody comes to faith in Jesus Christ, we immediately as a faith family put our arms around them and help them begin the process of growing in Christ Jesus because they're babies after Mm -hmm. all. They can't grow effectively without us helping them to grow, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. And so you think about the stages of spiritual growth. There, there are babies in Christ, and, and that baby begins to grow a bit, and, and a baby grows into a child. Mm-hmm. You know what a spiritual child is, right? Right. So, so, so I have children that are, are younger. Your children are grown and out of the house. But my children, you know, nine and five years old, I think my kids are the smartest kids in the world. But they, probably, they probably are. They probably are, right? So, so, but, you know, and, and every parent thinks that about their of kids. Course, that their yeah. kids are the smartest kids in the world. And, and, and it does amaze me how much knowledge that a child can possess. The things I, they can learn and how quickly they can learn it is amazing. They put me to shame. Right? It, it amazes it's, me. The scripture the, the way, they put right? in their head and everything else. The way else. their brain's developing. And so a child can learn a lot, mm-hmm. but every child, no matter what they know, there's something that characterizes every child's heart. And you know what that is, Trey. I do. What is it? It's about themselves. It's selfishness, selfishness, right? Every child at his or her her core is selfish. They want what they want when they want it, and Mm -hmm. they'll let you know that, Mm -hmm. right? Every time. And so so you think about a a spiritual child. A spiritual child might know a lot, Mm -hmm. memorize some scripture, uh, took a theology class, whatever the case may be. But a spiritual child is someone who, while they're a follower of Jesus, is stuck in this place of spiritual selfishness. Mm -hmm. I want what I want when I want it. Right. And I think a lot of our churches, that's, I hate to say it, but they get stuck in that yeah, place. Lots you know? of people get stuck there where they, they know a lot. They've sat mm-hmm. under a lot of preaching, been to a lot of Sunday school classes, even sat in some discipleship groups. And, you know, but still they're just stuck in a place where spiritually they just want what they want. That's spiritual childhood. No matter how much scripture, you know, if your heart is selfish, you are a child. Do you think a lot of people get stuck there? I think I think a lot of people get stuck there. And I think even as we grow and mature out of this spiritual childhood stage, it's easy sometimes to revert back to spiritual childhood. You mm-hmm. can fall right back into childhood. Wow. Never you know? thought of that. But that's so right. you've got spiritual infants. You have a spiritual children. And, and we do. As, as you grow, you grow out of that spiritual ch- childhood, I, I hope, as you're being discipled, and you grow into a spiritual young adult. So spiritual young adult is different. And then a spiritual child, you're still accumulating knowledge of the Bible, um, learning things about God. Uh, but the difference between a spiritual, the difference between a spiritual young adult and a spiritual child is a spiritual young adult is becoming more other centered mm-hmm. rather than being self centered. So a spiritual young adult is beginning to take responsibility for his or her faith. A spiritual young adult is beginning to to minister and serve and to help and to bless people. But 
Here's what characterizes a spiritual young adult. A spiritual young adult still needs a lot of help. Mm-hmm. They need a mentor. They need uh, somebody to come alongside them and, and teach them how to minister well, teach them how to be other-centered, teach them how to be focused on the kingdom. Mm-hmm. A spiritual young adult's taking more responsibility for his or her faith and is growing out of that, that, that selfishness that once characterized him or her, but just still needs some help, right? I mean, they're growing up. They're I mean, growing up. They're maturing. Yep. You, you see I mean, that I remember like on. when I was in college. I was taking responsibility for my life. I was going to class, learning, you know, working here and there, and mm-hmm. I was on my own. But you know who I called a lot? Mom and dad. Mom and dad. That's right. Hey, mom, dad, you know, I ran out of money this week. <laughs> Send me a check, right? Yeah. That yeah. was back before the days of PayPal when they could just give it to you instantly, right? Hey, Venmo now. Or Venmo or whatever yeah, we're using yeah. these days. But, yeah, send me a check. You know, I, I need some help next week. But, yeah, that that's kind of the same thing with a spiritual young adult. Just still need some help. As far as you know, learning how to minister well. The final stage of spiritual growth is a spiritual parent. Mm-hmm. So, what's the difference between a spiritual parent and a spiritual young adult, Trey? Reproduction. Reproduction, right? A spiritual parent takes responsibility for his faith or her faith, but also takes responsibility for someone else's faith as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Now, whether you're a child, a young adult, or an infant, or a spiritual parent, the Great Commission applies to all of us. No matter where you are in your spiritual growth. You need to be about God's great commission to us, but spiritual parents know that. And spiritual parents are at a place in their walk with Jesus where they take responsibility uh, for the faith of somebody else, and they help them to grow in Jesus Christ, right? So it's easy to get stuck is what we're saying. Mm -hmm. And and when you understand these spiritual stages of growth, uh, you can probably right now as you're listening to this episode identify where you are in the process. Mm -hmm. You might be a spiritual child, a spiritual young adult, and wherever you are, we want to encourage you to get unstuck. And if you have any questions about it, if you're a man, ask your wife. She'll tell you exactly <laughs> right. where you are. So. <laughs> Absolutely. But we just want to see you get unstuck. <laughs> Amen. And, and, Amen. And, 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 you know, that's why discipleship matters, because we want to help people to continually grow to get to that place where God wants them to be. So when you get stuck, you know, that leads us to number three we actually need help to grow in Christ. So everyone needs help growing in Christ. Discipleship matters because everyone needs help growing in Christ. Yes. So there's a difference, I think, Trey, between accidental growth and intentional growth. Hmm. Ultimately, you and I know this, that that we're not in charge of our spiritual growth. Who is? The Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is in in charge of our spiritual growth. The Holy Spirit grows us according to his will, Mm -hmm. right? And so, so listen— I can pick up the Bible, right? Apart from the church, apart from a small group, apart from a discipleship group, I can start in Genesis and I can read all the way through Revelation. Am I going to grow in Christ through that? Uh, yeah. Tell me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because the Spirit is in charge of my spiritual growth, right? I, and the Spirit of God can speak to me through His Word. So, so. I can pick up a Bible and read Genesis through Revelation with an open mind and open heart, and and God can use that to grow me. You and I know testimonies of people who have been reading their Bibles, and through that process, God led them to faith in Jesus Christ, right? There's power in the Word, so we can certainly pick up our Bibles and read Genesis through Mm -hmm. Revelation apart from the help of the church, apart from a discipleship group, apart from the help of anyone, and grow in Christ. But should that be our goal to do it that way? Well, here's the difference. Okay. In some ways— and maybe this is the wrong word, but just just hang with me. Sure. In some way that some ways that's accidental growth. Oh, okay. Right? You're not planning that's to grow. Where we're going. You're not okay. planning on growing through that. God in his sovereign grace, though, does grow you through that. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between accidental growth and intentional growth. 
You can pick up the Bible and read it and God will grow you. But just think about how that growth would be maximized if someone came alongside of you who's more seasoned in the faith, who's been studying scripture for years and says, let me show you and teach you how to read the Bible well. Let me help you to understand the context of different passages. Let me help you to understand the different genres of scripture. Let me help you to understand how the Bible works so you can get the most out of your reading. That will maximize your spiritual growth when someone comes alongside of you and teaches you and helps you to read the Bible well. You can grow, right, apart from the church. You can grow apart from uh, the people of God, just not very well, Mm -hmm. right? So there's a purpose, sort of. Right. Uh, so so your growth is maximized in Christ when you are a part of a body of believers, mm-hmm. when you're in a discipleship group, when somebody is intentionally investing themselves into you. I mean, after all, this is what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. Jesus took 12, and they experienced not accidental growth, but intentional growth as Jesus took three years and invested himself in his disciples so that after he died on the cross and rose again and then ascended to heaven, he will be able to give them his spirit so that they, through that intimate relationship they had with Christ through those three years of, of, of spending time with him, would be able to establish the early church, right? Mm-hmm. It was intentional. Jesus had a plan. On purpose. On man. purpose, right? Yeah. And so this is why discipleship matters because we all need an intentional plan. We need people who come alongside of us and help us to intentionally grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. So what we're saying is that although that is a way, it's probably not the best way. Yeah, God can grow us by his spirit however however he chooses to mm-hmm. grow us. But in his sovereign design, God has chosen to grow us in the church connected to other believers. And I think there's other places in the Bible that we have that exact thing happening mm-hmm. where men of God invested themselves in people yeah, that were less Yeah, you think mature. about Paul. Paul invested in Timothy, right? Exactly, yes. And, and Paul even said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men mm-hmm. who will be able to teach others also. So Paul says to Timothy, I've invested in you. I've been intentional with you. Now you turn around and you go be intentional with some people as well. So we need each other. We need that's what we're talking yeah, about, yeah. being intentional in the lives of others I, as others were intentional absolutely, in our lives. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. So then, you know, we need to ask the question about investing in life. Are we investing? You know, you always have the saying, be a Bob and uh, have a Bob. Right, right. So when, when we talk about Bob, Bob was the gentleman who discipled me, mm-hmm. right? He, he for uh, several years when I was in college, invested his life in me and helped me to grow in Christ. And so since that time, I've tried to be a Bob to other people. I, I want to be a Bob to others. I want to do for others what was done for me. And, and I want others to do for others uh, what was done for me and what I'm doing for them, right? I just want that, that to keep on going on down the line, just that intentional investment in the lives of others. So when you say that, be a Bob or have a Bob and have a Bob, yeah. that is intentionality. That's intentionality. That's being intentional yeah. with discipleship. Yeah. yeah. Amen. And then fourth and last, uh, the world needs disciples. Yeah, because it's a dark world, isn't it, Trey? It is. And so you think about what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 14. He talked about being, you know, the salt of the earth and the light of the world, that, mm-hmm. that just by our presence in society, as believers who are mature in Jesus Christ, our presence in society really does make a difference. Mm-hmm. We are able, through living out our faith on a daily basis, we are able to light up the world with the goodness of Christ. We're able, like salt did back in ancient times, we are able to preserve the earth through the way that we interact with others. So the world, right, 
in all of its craziness, really does need the influence of strong, mature followers of Jesus. And so the world needs disciples. So, so the more you grow as a disciple, the more you're able to impact your world for good and for the sake of the gospel. Amen. Yeah. So we make a difference in the world. Even when the world doesn't want to recognize we're making a difference, we're making a difference. That's exactly right. And that's what disciples Yeah, so discipleship really does matter. And the reason why we're talking about this today is because some of us need the challenge to Mm -hmm. grow up. Right. I always, uh, the guys in my discipleship group, and I'll tell them what we're going to be doing. And I say, you know why we're doing that, guys? Because we're disciples. That's exactly right. That's exactly (laughs) The world needs us. That's exactly right. The world needs us. So here at Northwood, we have a, a... a pretty clear process for people who are ready to take that next step of their faith and grow in discipleship. We have discipleship groups. Mm -hmm. You lead a couple of discipleship groups. I lead a couple of discipleship groups. We have well over a hundred people in our church that are involved in discipleship groups and they're intentional groups to help men and women grow in Christ likeness to become spiritual parents. And so if you're a part of the Northwood family and you're listening to this today, you need to be in a group. Amen. It's it's strategic, it's helpful, it's a blessing. You will form some lasting friendships there, and you'll be encouraged in your walk with the Lord. And so if you'd like to be a part of a discipleship group, let me know. Email me at tommy at northwoodbaptist.com, or even better, email our discipleship pastor, Logan, at logan at northwoodbaptist.com. We would love to help you be a part of a group. If you're not a part of our faith family, we still want you to be a disciple mm-hmm. that's growing in Christ, and we will provide some resources for you. You can go to our website, northwoodbaptist.com, and under the Resources tab, you can click the Connecting Faith to Life Discipleship Curriculum. That's cu- curriculum that our discipleship pastor, Logan, and I have written uh, to, to help you to know the basics of the faith and to grow in your understanding of God's Word and how to live out God's Word. We offer that free of charge. You can go to that that uh, resource tab and click that. There's a password. The password is Connecting Faith. The number two, life, connecting faith, uh, the numeric two, not mm-hmm. don't spell out two, but the number on your keyboard two, connecting faith to life all, all together. And you can resource that, um, or you, excuse me, you can access those resources and use those free of charge. Maybe find someone who's a little bit further along in the journey than you. And hey, will you walk through this with me? That could be something very helpful for Amen. you just to get started in the process. But we want to see you plugged into some kind of discipleship process because it really does matter it for does. your growth it and does. for your relationship with Jesus. Pastor Tommy, it's exciting to know that me being a disciple not only influences other believers, it helps influence the world. That's so exactly right. as we think about that and we make preparations to become a disciple for our people out there, how can you encourage him to get out there and get that done? Yeah. So just, you know what God's calling you to do. Our encouragement for you today is that wherever you find yourself in whatever spiritual, uh, excuse me, whatever stage of spiritual growth you are in, take that next step so that God might grow you and use you for his kingdom. And we hope that today has been helpful for you and encouraging to you. And if you like what you've heard, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. You can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a review because those reviews really do help get the word out. And always, we hope this episode has helped. I can't speak this afternoon, Trey. I don't know. I need more tea or coffee or something. But we hope that this episode has helped you connect faith to life. Mm-hmm.